Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Jake Crumpler. What's up, fellow fantasy managers? Welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler, and it's the weekend, so as always, I'll be taking over for Bubba as the host of the weekend editions of the podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter, and can find all of my work at CrumplerBaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball-related from Saturday, April 22nd. We'll kick it off, as always, with the transactions, injuries, news, and notes from around the league, and fortunately, we had no significant aisle placements on Saturday, which is great news. In terms of transactions, we got even more positive news as starting pitcher Joe Musgrove of the Padres was activated from the 15-day IL. He missed the first few weeks of the season with a fractured left big toe, but he looked fine in his return, tossing five innings, earning the win, allowing just seven hits with three earned runs, no walks, and six strikeouts. The Padres could go with a six-man rotation, but early indications, mostly roster resource, suggest Nick Martinez will transfer to the ball. So that's something to keep an eye on if you're a Martinez rosterer. In terms of news, starting pitcher Sandy Alcantara is dealing with biceps tendonitis. I don't know if that explains his couple of blowups thus far, but he won't pitch this weekend against the Guardians. Beat reporter Craig Mish doesn't believe it to be a serious issue, and he suggests that Alcantara will start during the week in Atlanta. Elsewhere, first baseman Yandy Diaz of the Rays needed assistance leaving the field and entering the dugout. Luckily, it was just dehydration. He was reportedly dehydrated and will be reevaluated before today's game. Also, outfielder Chris Bryan of the Rockies is day-to-day with an SI joint and glute injury, so that's just like a whole hip area thing, and he should be okay, but... The Rockies likely are being cautious given his extensive injury history. Also, outfielder Jock Peterson of the Giants is expected to be activated from the 10-day IL today. He'll slot back in as part of the strong side of the designated hitter platoon in San Francisco and will look to get back to hitting dingers. Last bit of news, shortstop Paul DeYoung of the Cardinals will likely be activated from the 10-day IL today as well. He will be a bench player as he regains the trust of his manager, but, you know, there's, there's always opportunities at shortstop in St. Louis. Now let's take a look around the league at the notable performances from Saturday, a day in which we had 16 games. We had an extra game because the Marlins and Guardians took part in a doubleheader. We'll start off with the hitters leading off with Adelis Garcia as he had a historic performance against the A's as he helped the team to a big win. He went five for five. All five of those hits were extra bases. He scored five times, hit three home runs, first three home run game in MLB this season. He also wrapped out two doubles and knocked in 
eight runs. He's now batting 260 on the season. Each one of those home runs traveled at least 400 feet, so they were all bombs. And all five of his hits were of the hard hit variety. The huge day raised his OPS from 642 all the way to 877, and he's now up to seven home runs on the season. Those five extra base hits made him just the 14th player in Major League history with at least five extra base hits in a single game. The last person to do so was Luis Urias in 2021. This is also the first three home run game at Globe Life Field, which was established in 2020. And Adelise now leads the majors in RBI with 28. I was pretty skeptical of Garcia coming into this season. I was skeptical that his bat would survive with his inflated K rates. He had a 31% rate in 2021 and a 28% rate in 2022. But early indications are suggesting he's reaching a new level. Strikeout rate stabilizes around like 50 plate appearances. It starts to become meaningful. And right now, Adelise is at 85 plate appearances. And he currently has a 21.2% strikeout rate, which is like a 7% drop from last year, which could mean not only that he could have a higher average ceiling, but also that an even bigger breakout is on the horizon, an even bigger one than the last two seasons. To continue the trend of multi-home run days, that's going to be the theme of this hitting roundup. James Outman smacked two dingers against the Cubs as they got revenge after their big loss on Friday. He went four for five, scoring twice, hitting two home runs and knocking in four runs. And it's been a pretty crazy season for him. He's now second in baseball and OPS behind only Brandon Marsh, the owner of four triples already. He's been batting mostly sixth and seventh in the Dodgers lineup, but he should move up in the lineup in short order because he's been so good this season. He's already up to seven home runs and he's batting 314. He's also added a couple stolen bases. But if you're having trouble believing Outman's breakout season because he wasn't like a top prospect and is already 26 years old, I want you to remember three things. The Dodgers were stacked in the outfield before this year. Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Chris Taylor, all the other guys shifting through left field. Second, they get the most out of their players. They're like the Rays. They're like the Giants. They are really good at getting the most out of all of their players. And lastly, Outman has had a 135 WRC plus or better at every stop since beginning the 2021 season at high A. So he has been unstoppable. Outman's last name is about the exact opposite of what he has done as a hitter in recent years. And to top it all off, StatCast backs everything up as well. He's got a 95th percentile, 22% barrel rate, which suggests future success in the batted ball area. And he should contribute more steals as well. He's already got two, but he's got a 92nd percentile sprint speed, which suggests more steals are on the horizon. Also on the Dodgers, Max Muncy hit two home runs as well, going two for four, scoring twice, two home runs, three RBIs, and a walk. He's now up to 10 home runs, which ties him with Pete Alonso for the major league lead in home runs. He's also third in major league baseball and OPS behind Outman and Marsh. He is the number three hitter behind Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, two former MVPs, and that's got to be one of the best situations in all of baseball that you could be in. So I got to imagine that he's going to have a pretty good season, if not just knock in a lot of runs with those two guys getting on base ahead of him. Elsewhere, Hunter Renfro went off against the Royals. However, the Angels once again lost. This is not a tungsten armor Doyle. I don't know what the level below that, but it's similar. He went three for four, scoring three times, hitting two bombs and a double and knocking in two runs. He's now up to six home runs on the year with a 955 OPS. This is sort of the same situation as Muncie as he's batting behind Taylor Ward, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and Anthony Rendon. So he should be an RBI machine throughout the year. And as we made the pair parallel between Muncie will make a parallel to Adelise Garcia as Renfro is in the same vein as him because his plate discipline profile has completely changed this year. Not only does he have a career high walk rate at 11.6%, but he's also got a career low K rate at 16.3%. Those 
defensive numbers are both very good. So we could be witnessing the beginnings of a huge breakout for Renfro because those are vastly different plate discipline metrics than we've seen him post in the past. And, you know, he's around Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, so he could be getting some very nice tutelage. So I would suggest that you might want to start sending out trade offers before it's too late and Renfro is actually like a full-on breakout. The last hitter we'll cover is another multi-home run hitter as Nick Castellanos hit two against the Rockies. He went three for four, scoring twice with those aforementioned two home runs and a double, as well as two RBI. He's now batting 310 on the year. Those were his first two dingers of the year, which is pretty surprising. I was skeptical of Castellanos in the same way that I was of Adelise coming into this season because... I wasn't sure he was going to bounce back this year because he really had no redeemable underlying metrics to speak of. I even wrote an article about the sleepers and busts for the Phils this year, and I labeled Castellanos as the latter. And to be honest, I'd still remain cautious of anointing him as a bounce back given his 436 BABIP and career high 28.7% K rate. Those do not portend future success. So now might be the time to shop him around while his baseline numbers still look appealing. But if you'd like further analysis of the big hitting performances from Saturday, Day, make sure to check out the daily batter's box article over on pitcherlist.com. Now we'll head to the rotation and check out the top starting pitching performances, kicking it off with Alec Manoa that I suggested as a guy to watch yesterday. Unfortunately, his gem went to waste as the Blue Jays lost against the Yankees and Manoa had to take a no decision. He tossed seven scoreless innings, allowing just two hits and one walk while striking out five. He had only nine whiffs, but the 31% CSW he posted was pretty solid. He's now got his ERA below six, but the whip is still around like one and a half. He really needed a challenge to get back on track just to like get him pumped up and and bring out that dog in him. And so I'm glad to see him bounce back after such a rough start to the season. I'm still unsure if he can get back to last season's heights, but the slider and the sinker were both great in this one. Those are his two main pitches. They both had a CSW greater than 38%. So that's pretty promising. He does get the Mariners next, not the easiest of matchups, but if Manoa can stay motivated and prove that that sinker and slider are going to stick into this next start, I would feel pretty confident. Now we'll head over and look at Shane McClanahan and oh my gosh, this looking at these numbers, I was so flabbergasted. This is one of the most amazing performances I have ever seen in my entire life. And somehow he took home a no decision. The lefty tossed six innings, allowing three hits, two earned runs, one walk and 10 strikeouts. Great, but nothing otherworldly. However, if you look at the underlying metrics, it is something else. He had 32 whiffs. You're hearing that right. 32 whiffs and a 49% CSW. And he did so across 80 pitches. All right, here's some crazy stats from this start. He had a 65% whiff rate in this one, which is whiffs per swing which is the highest in StatCast history. It's the best whiff rate in StatCast history. He racked up the fifth most whiffs in a single start since 2008, the pitch tracking era. He also recorded the seventh highest CSW since 2015, which is the StatCast era. He had the first 30 plus whiff game with fewer than 100 pitches, and he had 32 in just 88 pitches. I cannot stress enough how bonkers that is. And it was all on the back of his changeup, which was unreal, unhittable. It racked up 14 whiffs on its own and he did that across more than half of his offerings with that pitch he had 14 whiffs on 27 changeups. the pitch was good for a 56 percent csw and was his primary pitch on the night he also threw his curve for 57 percent csw even better somehow and the slider for 47 percent csw and he actually somehow gave up two runs they both came on solo home runs so you can't really blame him there he sort of has an argument to be the number two pitcher on the list on monday ahead of corbin burns and i would say that he maybe could be number one but it's like the 
innings question that has him just a little below Garrett Cole. He gets to face the White Sox again next time. Unreal. And that could be a massacre. So get ready for that. Kyle Gibson was overshadowed by McClanahan's incredible performance as he took down the Detroit Tigers, earning the win across six and a third innings, allowing just two hits, one and run, and three walks while striking out 11. He had 18 whiffs and a 45% CSW, the latter of which would have earned him the King Cole if not for Shane McClanahan's golden goal on the day. He's now 4-0 on the season, but... Our streamer of the day came through. If you streamed him, well done on you. He tied his career high in strikeouts with 11. The only other times he's done that was in August of 2022 with the Phillies and in May of 2019 with the Twins. StatCast suggests that Gibson altered his slider to become a sweeper this season, and that pitch was his bread and butter in this one. So that new pitch racked up eight whiffs with a 39% CSW while his sinker was there to steal strikes. It stole 15 called strikes, good for a 57% CSW. That's pretty freaking good. This likely doesn't suggest a new level for the veteran. He's long been like a serviceable Toby, but he does get the Tigers again next time. What a lucky draw. And I think I'd probably hold him for that. The last pitching matchup we'll look at is a negative one. Pablo Lopez had an easy matchup against the Nationals and could not handle it. He tossed just four innings, allowing eight hits and five earned runs while walking two and striking out six. He still had 13 whiffs and a 27% CSW, but was not the best of starts. He has been one of the biggest breakout pitchers thus far and I don't think this really changes anything. He's still tied for the major league lead with 39 strikeouts, but it is sort of worth noting that the two big changes that made this breakout believable were not present in this one. The increased fastball velocity was actually down compared to last year. So he was down 1.7 miles per hour compared to the baseline he had before this season. And his velocity overall was down across the board. And his new sweeper, which is like the third pitch we've been waiting for him to finally get, he finally got one. It's been great up until this start. It had a 15% CSW. So he's really going to have to get that fastball velocity up and figure out the sweeper. And if he can do that, he should be just fine going forward. He does get another great matchup to regroup facing the Royals next. So I would still start him there. But if you'd like a breakdown of every single starter from Saturday, make sure to listen to the Plus Pitch podcast and go read Nick's daily starting pitcher roundup on pitcherlist.com. Now we'll head to the bullpen and check out the relievers that got saves and the closers that pitched outside of save situations or blew their saves. Starting off with the relievers that recorded saves, we had Craig Kimbrell record a save in place of Jose Alvarado, who had pitched in three of the past four days. AJ Puck got a save in the second half of the doubleheader. Dwayne Underwood Jr., who we suggested yesterday, got a save in place of David Bednar, who had pitched on back-to-back days. Devin Williams got one. Brian Abreu also got one in place of Ryan Presley, who had pitched in three of the past four days. Josh Hader recorded one. Scott Barlow got one and Paul Seawald got one. The closers that pitched outside of save situations or blew their saves starts off with Camilo Duvall who pitched with a four-run lead. Jordan Romano who blew a tie game giving up a walk-off single to DJ LeMahieu. Clay Holmes who pitched in the seventh and eighth inning in high leverage. Daniel Bard who's still working his way back from the IL. Emmanuel Classe who worked in the second half of the doubleheader down by one. Reynaldo Lopez who worked in a tie ball game. Pete Fairbanks also worked in a tie ball game in that same game as Reynaldo Lopez. Alexis Diaz worked in a deficit in a close game. Andrew Chafin pitched in the eighth inning and Jose Cajada blew his save about as badly as you can. He allowed five runs in that one. But if you'd like a breakdown of every single bullpen from Saturday, make sure to check out the Daily Reliever Ranks article, which yours truly wrote today. But before we look forward to today, we're going to go take a quick break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. 
Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Now we'll send it over to the wonderful Mark Paquette with the weather. Thanks very much, Jake. Well, looking at today's weather, we see some showers and a period of rain around New York City. This is the only game that will be impacted is Toronto at the Yankees. Looks like they should be able to get this win in, but just keep eye on it as we go through the morning and the early afternoon to see if things don't worsen. But like I said, that's the only game with any weather concerns, so that's a good news. And also good news, it doesn't look like a surefire postponement. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. Now we'll look forward to Sunday, April 23rd. We'll have a full slate of 15 games. We'll look at our probable starters for the day, always starting with our matchup of the day, which is Christian Javier versus Max Fried, both two of the big guys that we expect to be huge breakouts this year. Fried has sort of already broken out, and you could say the same about Javier, but I think they were both very popular Cy Young picks coming into this season, so I'm excited to see what they can do going head-to-head. The rest of our probable starters, we have 13 auto starts, two of which are Javier and Fried, Some other options are DeGrom versus Oakland. Oh my God, that's going to be a massacre. Kershaw versus the Cubs and Zach Wheeler taking on Rocky Road. Our probably start tier has four guys and that's where we'll find our streamer of the day in Eduardo Rodriguez as he takes on the Orioles. He was incredible in his last start and this is a great matchup. I think Camden Yards is great for lefties because they have that super deep left field wall so righties aren't going to be hurting Rodriguez too much. So I'm excited to stream him there. And the other two starters I would keep an eye on include Logan. Logan Allen making his major league debut versus the Marlins. Pretty good matchup, and he was a big strikeout arm in the minors, as well as Bailey Ober making his season debut against the Nationals. Pretty cushy matchup, and he's been pretty solid in the minors while he's been waiting for a spot to open up in the rotation. For my hitter suggestions, there's a few bad pitchers going on Sunday. The main one, Patrick Corbin, one of the worst pitchers over the past few years. He's got a 6.3 ERA this year, and the Twins are taking him on, so I would look for right-handed batters on your wire. That includes like Jose Miranda and Michael Taylor, maybe even Donovan Solano, but they should have an easy time against Patrick Corbin. And the other matchup I like is Angels hitters versus Jordan Lyles. He's not been terrible this year or in recent years, but some of the guys on the team that are probably available on your wire have actually been really good against him in their careers. Brandon Drury is four for nine against Lyles. Jake Lamb is seven for 15 against Lyles. And even Gio Rochella is two for five against Lyles. Now we'll close things out with some relievers to watch. Reynaldo Lopez has gone back-to-back days for the White Sox, but so has setup man Kendall Graveman, so I would expect Aaron Bummer to get the ninth today. Jose Cajada of the Angels has pitched on consecutive days, so Carlos Estevez should get a shot at a save if one is presented. And lastly, Paul Sewald pitched each of the past two days for the Mariners. The team hasn't touched Diego Castillo in a long time, so he could get a shot, but I sort of doubt they would rush him into a stressful situation like that right off the bat. So that leads me to appoint Matt Brash as the best option to vulture a save there. 
But that'll do it for today's episode of the First Pitch Podcast. Make sure to head on over to PitcherList.com to check out all of the great articles and features we have on the site, including amazing player pages and daily DFS suggestions. Join PL Pro to gain access to the Discord to interact with PitcherList staff like me and members of the community, as well as to utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues. That'll wrap up this edition of the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jake Crumpler. Tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast and make sure to enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball. This has been the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.